remember, where, where's Luke? There you are, buddy. Hey, when you get back to your mom, I want you to get what you brought, and I want you to stand up on the seat, and I want you to show everybody what you won last night, all right? Did you get that? So watch this little guy right here. Pay attention to where he goes. He's got something he wants to show everybody. He brought it today, so I want everybody to see it. I think it's awesome. Stand up on the chair. He won a trophy from the mutton busting. Congratulations, buddy. All right. He was a mutton buster. Amen. I, you know, if I was sitting there and looking at those kids, and that's the 60-year posterity of this church right there. You ever given thought to that for the next 60 years or 70 years for some of those kids that they will be the lifeblood of this church, and uh, by that time, Lord willing, they will have... Uh, risen up a couple of more generations and continue to uh, see the powerful heritage of uh, Platte Valley Baptist Church and the investment that this church family has made in the children. And we uh, never, ever want to forget the uh, importance of ministering to those kids and seeing what God is going to do uh, in their lives and and you know what raise your children differently than the rest of the world raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the lord raise them to show them that there is nothing better than serving god uh, with their lives and y you know how you do that you lead by example and let your children see that there is nothing better than serving the lord and there's not and uh, i know that we had at least three in the in the little kids that trusted Christ this past week, and we uh, praise the Lord for all of that. I don't, uh, I'm not real good at keeping solid numbers on those things. I it's more of God's uh, business, but I just thank God for everyone that gives testimony that they trusted Christ. And workers, those things are put on your account. And uh, never forget that, and the time that was spent is definitely an investment for eternity, and God will bless you uh, for that. The world will try to tell you that it's not important, but I'm telling you that it is. And uh, it, was, it was truly um, just a great time and was uh, so needed. And, you know, God just opens your eyes to uh, the needs that we have even in our own community um, you know, I, I just never thought that you, you would see some of the things that we see even in our own community. We, we, uh, um, our helpers in the cat, in the, in the treats, uh, caught a little guy that was digging in the trash can looking for cookies. And, uh, so we sent him home a pizza that night and, uh, found out they hadn't eaten all day. And, um, you know, your heart just goes out to the needs. And, you know, we can, we can give them a pizza, and that will help their hunger for one night. But Jesus Christ will feed them forever. 
and uh, we need to continue to reach out to our community. There are such needs uh, in our community. I, I do want to uh, see the, the sanctuary and the classrooms built uh, for no other reason than one day on a Sunday morning, we have this gym full on junior church uh, where, where we have a couple hundred kids that are coming and uh, hearing about Jesus on a Sunday morning. Uh, look, right now, I, I went into uh, Nate and I drove a van and, and picked up just a couple of kids in the, the Gateway Apartments on Southridge. Uh, I'll tell you what, there was 100 kids outside playing uh, every night, and um, we could, uh, terrified me driving in there. I mean, you'd, you'd got to be so careful, and but we could we could pick up a busload of kids out of one apartment complex and tell them about Jesus and and uh, y- you know the the day is coming where we're going to be able to do that and let's make a difference in this community. If the adults don't want to listen, then we'll tell the kids and we'll raise up a generation that knows God and and uh, see them trust Christ in spite of their parents sometimes. Uh, it's not what we want to do, but we, we want to get the gospel out to whoever will listen, and we're so thankful uh, for the kids. Thankful for the screams that you hear up there every once in a while, too, as long as they're not blood-curdling screams, um, but uh, we are thankful. So <clears throat> today, I, I want to, I was, I was given thought to this message, and, and I was reading one of the passages that I'm going to use, and 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 um, it it just laid, God laid it on my heart that most of this message today is going to be uh, just reading the Word of God and letting God do a work through His Word uh, this morning. But I entitled this Independence Day, and like I said, I am so thankful for our country. and And I was going to read the uh, Declaration of Independence. I was going to read the. The, the U.S. Constitution, and uh, for time's sake, I'm just not going to do that, but if you haven't read those lately, or if you have never read those, you need to, you need to print those off, and you need to read it, and, and uh, both of those, and, and see what uh, those men did uh, way back in the 1700s that uh, you could see God's hand in their uh, leading them in, in drawing up those documents that uh, made this country uh, and in, in the politics of it, and so thankful for that. And, um, but, and so I'm grateful for our freedoms that we have. I, I think we ought to fight to hold on to those freedoms, and, and uh, there is nothing biblical that says that we are to rely on the government to provide anything for us. The government was placed there to protect us in our pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, and that's it. And so they, they are to guard that, and they're, they're not the ones to bring you happiness, and they're definitely not the ones that are, are to replace God. And that's what socialism does, that's what communism does, and it's ungodly, it's anti-scriptural, and it's wrong, and it will never replace who God is and who he needs to be in our lives. And so you constantly fight against that idea, and someone wants to tell you that those things are right. Well, they're not biblical, and they're wrong. And so 
That's just a fact, and we need to live knowing that God's the one that meets our needs, not the government. And so, and so the true source of freedom that, that we want to look at today is the a source that cannot be uh, swayed by the government, that cannot be swayed by the world, that can't be uh, uh, brought uh, to, to uh, extinction by the power of the devil himself, but it's truly an independence and a freedom that God gives us. And that source of freedom is God himself through Jesus Christ. And look in John chapter 8, verse 21. And like I said, we're going to read a lot of verses today. We're going to be in John chapter 8, uh, John chapter 14, Acts chapter 4. All of these are showing us the source of our freedom. Jesus tells the Pharisees here, he, he's talking to them, and he says in verse 21, Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, you cannot come. Now, it goes against the grain, and it goes against cultural teaching that everyone goes to heaven when Jesus here is being very exclusive and saying that there are a number of you that you're not, you are not going to be able to go where I'm going. That's what Jesus says. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whither I go, you cannot come. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. And so here we see uh, Christ's perfect knowledge and that he's given us and, and shown us who he is. And, and then now we're seeing the Jews' dim future here and, and in their believing in some religion instead of looking at the very Savior who's standing there right in front of them, face to face, talking to them, and they are rejecting the very God himself that they say that they worship. And then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. And so the source of our freedom comes from Jesus himself, and he shows us this now in verses 28 through 32. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then ye shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Oh, I know that the world likes to use this verse that says that, well, if you tell the truth, it will set you free. But the truth is far more than, than what the world can understand and what they're trying to say that the truth is. The truth is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died on the cross for the sins of the world, who gave his life a ransom, and, and he died and shed his blood, and, and he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, showing us that 
He is God and that when you will come to Christ and with a humble heart and, and, and truly with, with, a, with a repentant heart and in in, in attitude that when you come to him and ask him to forgive you and, and to be your savior, he will be your savior. And then you will know the truth. That is the truth. And that's the truth that shall set you free. And so, oh, the world likes to rob us of what the truth is. And we always ought to be honorable. And we always ought to be truthful and, and tell the truth and, and do that. And yes, that, that is a wonderful thing. But, but in this world standards, that doesn't mean that that's always going to, to give you freedom. As a matter of fact, the day's probably going to come when you tell the truth, you're going to get thrown in jail. But the truth is Jesus himself, the true source of freedom. And he went on to show us the, the, how, how exclusive this is in John 14. And we've read this many times, but Jesus is telling his disciples, and he tells them in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. And, and so stop, that is a command that he's telling them. He said you need to stop letting your your hearts be stirred up and thrown into confusion. It's what he's commanding them. And let you, not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That, and so here again, Jesus saying and stating that he is God. Remember in our Connections class this morning where we're talking about the Trinity. Well, here is a, a, another verse. And uh, here is the, the reality that Jesus Christ made the claims that he is God. We have cults that want to dismiss this and say that, that he is not God himself. But why did Jesus die on the cross? They crucified him and the excuse was is that he was blaspheming God because he kept claiming that he was God. And so those cults that want to deny that Jesus is God himself, they deny the very crucifixion of our God and Savior. They deny the reality of sin. They deny the reality that one needs to come to, to that realization that they need to trust Christ as their Savior. And they continue to teach that works will be okay and that, that you just need to make this balance here. And, and these are your good works and those are your bad works. And, and by the end of your life, you need to be able to make that balance come to that. And, and, and then you'll be okay and you're going to get to heaven. But you know what you're going to realize is that You'll never be able to balance that out, and your good works will never outweigh your bad works, and it doesn't matter how hard you try, you will constantly fail, and it'll never happen, ever. And life will be just like that. And so we need to understand that it's not the good works that save you, it's what Jesus Christ has done, and and so he tells them, you, you need to stop being troubled and stop being confused, okay? And, and stop worrying about things that, that you have no control over. So many people are so, control, are, are so controlled by the fear of dying that, that they never live. He says, stop. Don't worry about those things. And you need to understand that in my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Whither I go, ye know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. Now can we know the way? 
Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's only through Christ that we have access to God the Father. It's only he that that will will show us the way, and, and it's only he that, that gives us that way. And so it's through Jesus that we see that the source of our freedom is Jesus Christ himself. Later on in Acts chapter 4, how, how powerful this is. And <clears throat> Acts chapter 4, uh, we, we, we see a testimony here and of these men, and it tells us the... And, and this is where it just, God just prompted my heart to spend so much time in just reading his word and let his word do the work today. Acts 4, verses 1 through 12, And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide, so they threw them in jail. For what? preaching Jesus, howbeit many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. Isn't that awesome? I mean, to think that they go out and they preach the gospel and they even get thrown in jail and it doesn't stop the work of God. 5,000 people come to trust Christ as their Savior. Oh, some, some want to to minimize this in a way, they say, well, there was already 3,000, so there's probably 2,000 more saved. No, there was there were 3,000 saved earlier when Peter had preached in Acts chapter 2. Now we turn around and have 5,000 more saved in, in this city of Jerusalem. You talk about turn the world upside down. All we're doing is praying that God would give us a tithe of, of this county and 28,000 and some in the county of Morgan County, and I pray that that God would bring us into a, a church body of 2,800. God, give us 2,800 people in this county that have trusted Christ and living for Christ and, and truly giving their hearts and lives to do what it is that God would want to do with you. Can you imagine what he would do in this county of Morgan County if we would see 2,800 people come to the knowledge of Christ and truly living and serving him? Talk about turn the, the county upside down. What a joy that would be. And so, and so here we see that the many had, had, uh, were saved, and we see the power of God's word. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes and Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. I just, I, I know that God, I don't believe it was a hierarchy, but God had special places for the priests of that day and, and different areas of how they served. But I just cannot stand hierarchy in religious realms. I just can't stand that. I, I don't see God ever doing that. As a matter of fact, I see that the ground at the cross is level for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are and doesn't matter how, how much ability you have or how much power you may have had in society or how much money or wealth or influence that you might have or fame or fortune or any of those things. None of those things matter to God. The ground is level to cross. You could be the lowest of society and 
God will welcome you as a son or as a daughter, just like he would welcome anyone else. And when they had set them in the midst, and so now here we see the, the power of Christ, that they set them in the midst. They asked, by what power, by what name have you done this? So they surround them, and they're trying to intimidate them and keep them from telling the truth, speaking the truth, and standing for their faith. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, And may I say that God will give you that Holy Ghost power in your life when you need it to stand up for what's right and to say what needs to be said and to love those that, that you love enough that you're going to tell them the truth. And you think, Lord, I'm just afraid and I'm scared to do these things. Well, why don't you get on your knees and ask the Lord to help you. And, and when that day comes, just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. He'll give you the power to do and, and the wisdom to say what needs to be said. And Peter said, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if this day we be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man. So they had healed an impotent man, and that had gotten them in trouble. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And so by what means he is made whole, and you want to know why or how he was made whole? Well, we'll tell you, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. The very cornerstone that you have rejected, Jesus Christ, is the one. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I love the courage of these men, knowing that they could lose their head for these things and defying the very power of the religious sect that was there at that time. And, and instead, they stand there and they boldly complain that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved. It's only through Jesus that you're going to have eternal life. It's only through Jesus that you can have forgiveness. It's only through Jesus that you can have happiness and joy in this life and, and be able to live without a troubled heart and without a fear of dying and without a fear of, of what may come. And, and we see that it's only through Jesus that we have that. He is the source of our freedom. And you know what happens when we trust Christ as our Savior? Something truly spectacular takes place in our lives. Something wonderful takes place in our lives. And yes, it's a battle, and I understand that, but I want you to know that there are effects that are given to us because of our freedom. One of them is that we are free from the bondage of sin. Romans chapter 6, if you want to turn there, you can. Romans 6, in the first 14 verses, powerful statements made about the power of forgiveness in our lives. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? I, I, I grow weary of those who constantly, and I had a conversation with a, a, with a lady even this week. I, I think it was interesting how God is working all over this country. I was here in Bible school and, and, and get home, I mean, dragging tired, and, and we would usually, Teresa and I would usually get home. By the time I, we got home and got, I sit down, it was probably 9.30 every night. And then I'm wound up until 11 or so, or you can go to bed. And, but I'm, I'm getting these texts from a, 
from a, a lady that I know in, in back in Missouri and, and sending me some texts and some questions about things that are going on there. And, and, and I'm just so excited to see how God is working all over the world, all over the country. He's doing something in people's lives. And, and she had dealt with this man that said that, oh, when you teach this eternal security, all you're doing is telling people that they have a license to sin. And, and first of all, in, in the realm that I run and the preachers that I deal with and, and those that teach eternal security, not once, not once, not once in 35 years of, of ministry have I ever heard some preacher say that go ahead and live however way that you want because grace will abound. Not one time have I ever heard that other than those who want to accuse me of teaching that. It's not biblical. God is telling us God's power is all-powerful, almighty, and when he says that he'll save you, he'll save you. Trust in what his word says. Quit putting it in your limited mind and thinking that your works are more powerful than the ability of God. They're not. When you trust Christ as your Savior and you were truly genuine and sincere and you went to Him with a repentant and humble heart, He saved you when you called on Him. And He'll never let you go, ever in this lifetime. He is there with you forever. That Holy Spirit is not like it was in the Old Testament. That Holy Spirit is there with you and will never leave you. And that's why you deal with conviction when you sin. And when somebody turns around and they, they say that they're saved, but then they turn around and they deny the very work of Jesus and turn their backs on him, they never had the Holy Spirit in the first place. Those who want to say that they're a believer and they continue to live and their lives are reeked with sin and every day they continue to walk in their sin and they gloat about their sin and they're proud of their sin and they never repent of their sin, never had the Holy Spirit of God. You're living in sin right now, I can tell you, and you, you are a child of God. You are a most miserable person in your life. And you know what I tell you to do? Get it right with God and live for Jesus. Confess those things and walk with Him and find that He is serious and that He will help you and you want to continue in your sin, you know what sometimes God will do? He'll let you continue. And the devil is going to wreak havoc in your life. It'll destroy you. Probably destroy you, your spouse if you're married, your children if you have children, your grandchildren if you have grandchildren. Your coworkers will use that as an excuse to never trust Christ. Other family members will mock you because they know who you used to be and then you're claiming to be somebody else and then you're living like that and you find out, you know what sin does? It binds you. Puts those cuffs on you and keeps you there and before you're saved, you have no choice. You're walking around in shackles your whole life. Not only are you walking around in shackles your whole life, you're walking around with a blinder on your eyes, and you can't see anything good that God is doing. All you see is, is the things that have, are, represent darkness. But here, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Let us not live that way, he's saying. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. When you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
You're baptized by the Holy Spirit of God at that very moment. You don't need to go down the path and wait to be immersed by the Holy Spirit of God. At that very moment when you trusted Christ, you were baptized by the Holy Spirit, brought into the family of God, adopted at that very moment. I had the wonderful privilege and pleasure. I've never been involved in an adoption process before. Went to an adoption on Wednesday and listened to the questions that were asked to the parents and then made it official. This young lady was brought into a loving family and, and, and that judge then signs those papers and when he signed those papers, that child became the, the child of that family at that very moment. What a beautiful picture of what God does for us. Whenever we call on Jesus Christ as our Savior, he writes with the very blood of Jesus, adopted into the family of God, written in the Lamb's book of life with the blood that can never be erased, that can never be taken out, and will forever be a part of that family of God. And then God says, now I want you to know that you're my child, and so I'm going to give you me through the power and, and it's in the Holy Spirit that he lives in your heart today, showing you, encouraging you in Romans chapter 8 that you are a child of God. You're a part of the adopted family of God. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So let us live the effects of our freedom. We are free from sin, and we do not have to let sin get the best of us. Romans chapter 7, here Paul writes, and I find this encouraging. It, it sounds a little confusing when I read this, but I'm going to read it quickly. But this is the struggle that Paul had in Romans seven fifteen. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not, but what I hate, that I do. You know, he just said, the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do are the things I end up doing. That's a struggle, isn't it? Anybody there ever been there? You ever done that? Yeah, welcome to the club, right? You know what? That's universal. <laughs> we all are having that struggle at times. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of good after the inward man. You know, I, I read something disturbing. I'm not even going to give credit to what it was, but I read something last night that just broke my heart, and, and it has deceived so many people, and, and it's deceiving young people that are coming out of Bible colleges that have been through Bible college training, that have grown up in solid Christian uh, Bible-believing homes, and, and now causing them to question their faith because they have such a problem and, and they've been lied to so often thinking that God is so, some old grandpa that's blind to our sin and, and loves us for who we are and so we ought to be able to live however way that we want to and, and God is grace and God will always forgive us and, and we can just continue to be some blatant, irresponsible, 
uh, uh, regardless of, of any effects of sin and do whatever it is that we want to and God's going to wink at us and think that it's all okay and, and, and they've come to this point where they think that, 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 that sin is not a big deal. Sin is a big deal, okay? Paul is showing us that. And how in the world could there be some uh, loving God that, that's going to send someone to hell God doesn't send anybody to hell. You choose to go to hell by denying Jesus Christ. It's your choice. You can argue with me about that all day long, but when that day comes and you're in front of the throne of God, there will be no one there to blame but yourself. It will be your rejection, your denial in Jesus Christ that will send you to hell. Don't. Don't deny him. Trust him today. Live for him. Give him your life because we are free from sin. We're free from the power of flesh. I don't have time. You ever get discouraged? Read Romans chapter 8. I've said that often. I say it over. I'll tell you again. Read Romans chapter 8. If you're ever down, and, and, and it just keeps building as you go through that, but how good it is, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We're free from the power of the flesh. We can live with Jesus Christ being honored and glorified. Therefore I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians 5 and verse 16. He also tells us in Galatians 2, we're free from the law. Galatians chapter 3, we're free from the law. And it also tells us in 2 Timothy 2 and 2 Peter chapter 2 that we are free from the world's restraints. True freedom. True freedom comes through Jesus Christ. And so what do I say to all of this? In the truth of this and the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and is there hope for you? You might be saying, is there hope for me? Yeah, there is absolute hope. Give Christ your heart today. Call on him to be your savior. Trust completely in what he's done, his death, his burial, his resurrection. You with a repentant heart, knowing that you're a sinner in need of a savior, and in your humility you come to him and seek forgiveness and get it right with him. If you've done that in your life, but you're living in sin right now, and, and now you're starting to question whether you've ever trusted Christ, well, go back in your past. You give thought. Was there a time in your life when you asked Christ to be your Savior? You might not remember how old you were. You might not remember much about it, but you know for a fact that your faith is in Jesus Christ as your Savior, that, yes, I have done so, and, yes, I do believe that he's my Savior. Yes, I've confessed those things, and, yes, I've given him that, and, and I've trusted him, and then, you rest in that, and so if you're questioning it then, maybe there's some sin in your life right now, and you know what you need to do? Ask the Lord, Lord, what is it in my life that's bringing this misery? And he'll point it out. As soon as he points it out, brings it to your mind. You know what you do? Leave it at the cross. Leave it at the cross. and Walk away knowing that he has forgiven you and the, the powerful thing about God that we have such a struggle with, he forgets it. He forgets it. We live in such misery because of our shame and, and the regrets that we have. That's just the devil chirping at you and trying to keep you miserable in your life. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. 
and he is forgotten. And you know what he's looking at right now is the direction your feet are going. Just keep going and following him. 1 Corinthians 15. Tell, and I, I read this so often that at the cemetery and how powerful of a reminder it is. In verse 50, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. You know, just out of lightheartedness, that ought to be the verse that we have in the nursery. Read that again. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. You know, there's coming a day when God will finally say, this fight is over, and I'm going to win, and I'm done with this. And so, children, I want you to come home. And in his power, we're going to see our Savior come in that cloud, as it says. And he's going to say, come up hither. He's going to snatch us away. But you know who comes first? Those who have already died, but they know Christ is their Savior. Can you imagine being the guy that works at the cemetery and has rejected Christ? What is he going to do when he comes out there the next day? And there's all these holes all blown up. All the dirt is everywhere, and the grass is crazy, and you think, who in the world could have done that overnight? All those bodies are raised and given an incorruptible body. Oh, the soul is already in heaven, but their body will meet with the soul. And then it tells us, he goes on and, and he says that in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. Why? Because the law condemns sinners, right? But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. One last verse. One that we all need to remember and one that we need to understand as believers. A command that he tells us, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Galatians 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. True freedom. Independence Day was that day when we trusted Christ as our Savior. Sin has no power over us. The effects of our freedom should be seen in the way that we live. And the source is Jesus Christ. Look to him. Look to him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word.
Lord, I thank you for true freedom. Lord, this world constantly is trying to take our freedoms away from us. But Lord, we celebrate and worship you knowing that the freedom that you give us is never taken away. It is secured by your power. And so, Father, I pray that you help us to understand, first of all, the power of salvation. Lord, if there be one today that has not trusted you, that today they would open their heart and come to trust you as their Savior. Father, I pray that those that have, that, Lord, no longer would they be under the bondage of sin. No longer will we let our lives be reeking with that sin, but, Lord, that we will do battle against it. And, Father, you will continue to give us victory as we do the fight. Now, Father, we truly then understand the true victory that we have, the true freedom that we have in Jesus. Lord, whatever we need to do today to make that possible, I pray that you convict our heart, show us, guide us, direct us, help us to have the courage and the love to do exactly what it is that you want us to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.